This week's episode of the Break Room Boys is brought to you by Live Baseball League. Live Baseball League is a brand new exciting league backed by the Saudi government that is sure to flip the sport on its head. I know we all get tired of watching slow, boring, nine-inning games. An endless parade of relief pitchers and the quote-unquote unspoken rules make for a product that just isn't pleasant to watch. Live Baseball League is composed of 25 games, and games are seven innings long. Instead of pitchers, there are pitching machines lobbing 85-mile-per-hour fastballs right down the middle of the plate. The fences are a uniform 250 feet, and the batters use aluminum bats. No more boring, low-scoring games. Live gives people what they want. Dingers. With exciting sluggers already being signed from retirement and MLB rosters like Sammy Sosa, Cal Ripken Jr., Rugnet Odor, Joey Gallo, Chris Davis, Mark Reynolds, a few top 300 prospects, and Madison Bumgarner, um, they've already signed nine-digit contracts, and there will be more named later. This is the version of baseball the fans and players have been uh, clamoring for. Games all begin simultaneously at 7 p.m. Saturdays and are broadcasted on WhatsApp and Bumble. Live baseball. Baseball for people who hate baseball. Howdy, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Break Room Boys. I'm Nate, and that's Lucas. Hey. And, uh, well, we got some stuff to talk about today because the sports world has just blown the fuck up all in one day. That has been an eventful Thursday, uh, to say the least. Shit's just been coming from left and right. We got a lot of NBA news. Uh, the most important, or the most, you know, the news that, that shocked everybody the most by far was obviously U- USC and UCLA bolting from the Pac-12 to I, the Big Ten. Yeah, I was um, – well, I thought you were going to say JaVale McGee to the Mavericks. But, right. Uh, we'll get into all of that, though. 1A, 1A 1B. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll, we'll get into all that, though. Uh, we got a lot of sports topics to talk about. We, of course, have a few um, news articles that we'll get to and then our favorite segment today, I Fucked Up. But uh, how are things going this week, Lucas? How you been? Pretty good, man. Um we talked about it a bit. We both started new jobs. Uh, this was your first week in office, correct? It was. So it's, it was my second. Um, it's going well, um, kind of because of expansion going on. Like, we we're in the in the middle of picking out a new office space. Oh, that's and cool. And so I am kind of, like, working in a little closet. Like, honestly, not <laughs> much bigger than this. And it's kind of awesome. I'm just, like, in there by myself. Shove the new guy in a corner. We can forget about yeah, him. Yeah, here you go, fella. I've got, like, posters from, like, 1998 in there. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what yeah, are they? Um, they're just, like, little business professional po- It's, like, <laughs> people, like, wearing old baggy suits. Carrying and, like, briefcases. Yeah, working on, like, uh, very old gray computers. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Um, it's very nostalgic. But, yeah, man, this week's been good. Uh, got to go out to a nice dinner Tuesday night. Um, the perks of the cor- the corporate world. Indeed, yeah, getting treated to some fancy meals. But, yeah, man, it, it's going well. How about yourself? Man, it's been uh, it's been pretty solid. I've got to say, um, I was pretty excited to join the company that I'm now working for, and that was before finding out all of the crazy shit that we get with the job. Mm-hmm. 
And um, none of this is really going to be totally groundbreaking for, for people, but it's like one of the coolest things that I've ever had. And that is, first of all, we get $15 to use for lunch every single day. That and that's really cool. That's not, that's not just like a temporary thing either. Like that's just like in perpetuity. Um, every, just, every day we get a pick of like four different restaurants and they'll just give you 15 bucks and say like, here, go spend it how you like. And they'll deliver it to us. And you know, you're good. Not to mention the, uh, the break room is absolutely just fucking stocked. Yeah. Oh, so many different like granola bars, fruit snacks, Topo Chico's on demand. I yeah. single-handedly just depleted the Topo Chico, uh, supply. I've got a very bad addiction to that, but, um, yeah, man, you want to talk about the, the the perks of the corporate world. I don't know why they didn't tell me this stuff in the interview, uh-huh. because like I wouldn't have even had to think twice. I would have just been like, I'm in. Like, Done. I don't pay me, pay me nothing, and I'll, I'll, I'll come work you. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the the Dallas office is a little more modest, but we've stocked up the break room pretty good. Uh, my partner Michael went to Costco and got like celsius and snacks and like all kinds of cool stuff yeah uh, but when i was in atlanta at the corporate office i was like hey is there a vending machine in this building like i, I need to go get a, a caffeinated drink or something they were like oh dude go go open the fridge or go to the other break room on the hall and open that fridge they're just stacked with with coke products uh iced coffees waters yeah. like all these snacks everywhere i was like this will work. It's pretty cool. <laughs> We've uh, got these little nitro coffees, like where, yeah. where you pop them. Mm-hmm. Very disruptive when you do that in the middle of a meeting. It, it is very loud. They are, <laughs> they are abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had the shit scared out of me by a couple of those <laughs> with people <laughs> opening them. But um, this is the first job I've had really since COVID um, where they're kind of getting us back to the office. Mm-hmm. It's kind of expected to be in at least four days a week. Mm-hmm. So getting used to a commute again. Um, having to take the, the god-awful tollway to and from work. I know that you've been kind of yeah. in office for a while now. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize how much I didn't miss that until I've, I've started doing it. Actually, working in the office really isn't that bad, but I, I have to now kind of feel out, like, all right, when is it okay to leave? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be the first one out of the office, but I sure as hell don't want to be the last one out. Mm-hmm. Um, are we working in office on Fridays? There's not really a consensus on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But Yeah, our, our work from home day is flexible. We typically co- collaborate. There's only three of us right now on the team in Dallas. And so it's pretty easy to just yeah. text the group and see what we want to do. We've done it. We did it on Monday this week. But um, at my last gig, the office was five minutes from our apartment. And even though I had to travel for, you know, uh, my, to be my territory, like I'd normally time it right and get back to Dallas, like avoid all the shit unless there was a wreck. Now I'm pretty much in office four days a week. I have no way to get home except either Inwood, the tall way. Like there's no good route. I was telling you on the phone today, I've tried a different route every day. There's a different, They're all terrible. there's a problem at any point, I guess. Like it, <laughs> I think I'm just going to have to stick to one route. We're going to have to start using it. some of our sponsors. Uh, we might. Road yeah. emote, the, your spike strip. The spike, yeah. <laughs> the turnpike spike would really come in handy. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that been an adjustment, and it's been testing my patience. But overall, uh, it's been enjoyable. I've, I've had a good couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, seems like we both got pretty good gigs that we're excited about. But uh, we don't want to continue to bore you all with uh, talk and shop here, although this is the break room, boys. You know what you signed up for. Um, let's get into some sports topics. We had the Stanley Cup Finals come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it was a pretty good series. It, it ended up shaking out better than I thought it would after the first couple of games. Uh, it looked like Colorado was just going to completely run away with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Lightning came back and evened up the series 2-2. Mm-hmm. And then the Avs just did what the Avs do. Yeah, they, it, it was not going to. They get, just put them in the dirt. No, it wasn't going to get to 7. Uh, they were just so fucking good throughout mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, and I kind of made it a point to to watch the last couple series, um, and they were just a fucking wagon. Yeah, like they they were just really good. It was one of those teams where uh, I think we kind of hit on it a little bit, but it was like beginning of the season that was that was the favorite, and uh, it was just one of those rare years where the people were right. Like in the beginning, yeah, and like all through the year they were good. They were just amazing in the playoffs, and it was like one of those times where your preseason prediction was actually right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, heading into next year, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same outcome. Although I do think that the Florida Panthers will probably do better than they did this year. They are totally loaded, and it was a shock that they got ousted in the first round like they did. Um, So I expect them to be good next year. Maybe they'll throw a wrench in things and and keep the lightning out of of the finals. But I've got this real bad feeling in my gut that the Avs are here to stay. And I'll be honest, I, I really enjoyed watching them this year. Uh, they were a super fun team to watch. Uh-huh. Um, I was rooting for them in the Stanley Cup final. Just It was basically anybody but the Lightning for me. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm going to look back like two or three years from now and be like, I can't believe I ever rooted for the Avs. Yeah. Because they're big rivals of the Stars. Right. Um, I, I'm not supposed to root for them, but I just I couldn't help myself mm-hmm. this year. Um, Noted Southern team, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember it. This is, I guess, would have been 2015, 2016. Uh, my roommate from Denver when we were in college used to watch a lot of Avs games. And uh, I don't think they were very good back then. No, they, they but, were bad for a while. Yeah, because he'd watch them a lot and be like, we're not good, but this guy, Nathan McKinnon, like, he is going to be so good. And uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't watch a lot of hockey back then, especially maybe this Stanley Cup Finals. But um, I was like, all right. And, they, and I'd kind of watch him when we were in the living room. And I was like, well, that dude is pretty fucking good. Yeah. And, uh, now, you know, that was, was six years ago, seven years ago now. And it's like they've put a team around him. Uh-huh. And they're a they're Boy, a have they. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah um, so it, it, the craziest part about all this, he's probably a top three player in the league. You could, you could pretty easily argue. Mm-hmm. Um and he got overshadowed by yeah. a twenty-three-year-old. Yeah, Kale McCarr. There's not enough people talking about him. I know the the hockey community is very big on him, but like he's not getting the respect that he deserves just in the sports world. I had never in general. Was, wait, was he a rookie this year? No, this okay. was his second year. I had never. I was not familiar with him before so, the playoffs. So uh, his senior, or yeah, I think it was his senior. It was either his junior or his senior year of college. I don't know if he stayed for all four years or if he left early. I don't know what the rules are on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won the Hobie Baker, and um, great name of a trophy. Great name. Uh, it's it's basically college hockey's Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um, he won that, and uh, they ended up winning the national championship while he was there. Uh, his first year, obviously, it has to be his first year. He wins the Rookie of the Year. And then this year, he won the Defensive Player of the Year, and he won the Conn Smythe, which is uh, the the MVP of the playoffs. Another great, hilarious name. Right. Smythe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, he, I mean, this is a dude that's just on an absolute roll, on, an, on a rampage. He, he may be, I mean, he legitimately may be the best defensive player that hockey has ever seen. Because he, if you put him at forward – 
he would be a top forward in the league. Like mm-hmm. he skates fast. He's got an, an a great shot. He's great at finding his teammates for mm-hmm. assists. Like the guy is fucking unbelievable. And and if you if you don't know the name yet, you you will soon because he's one of those names that like I don't care if you watch hockey or not. Like he's gonna be a household name eventually. Yeah, that's so impressive to, to be <laughs> that good. Uh, uh, like on both sides mm-hmm. to just be that that talented. Um, that that's like when Jordan had the run where he averaged 37 points a game, which is the highest 37 and a half, the highest anyone's had since Wilt Chamberlain. And then the next year, won Defensive Player of the Year, and, <laughs> and was like also the MVP and the All Star Game MVP and the Finals MVP. It's like, right. it's like all right, dude, you're just the best player on earth. Like uh, that's that's an insane year. Has anyone ever done that? I don't think so. Like yeah. I, I think I remember seeing a stat when when the Stanley Cup Final wrapped up that he is the first player to do all of those things, uh, to win every one of those awards. Nuts. So yeah, it's a uh, it's super impressive. Um, don't want to spend too much time on hockey because we we do have some you know the the most important thing going on in the sports world right now by far um, is Wimbledon. Wimbledon yeah. Wimbledon mm-hmm. is happening right now. That's all I got. And I was talking tennis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't. I, I don't give a fuck about Wimbledon. I, I'm sorry. I like. I haven't watched a down. <laughs> I, I've had I haven't watched fr- in one inning of it. And, and maybe this is how other people feel about uh, about hockey. But yeah. like, I've had friends that are like, you need to, like you need to give tennis a chance. Like, if you can watch golf, you can watch tennis. I disagree. Yeah. I, I've tried watching tennis. It just it doesn't do it for me. It seems like a really fun sport to play. I have all the respect in the world for the top athletes, but. I can't watch it. I think it doesn't translate well on t- – I think baseball is probably like this for people who don't grow up playing baseball. Because, uh, like, you and I, if you grow up playing it, you can recognize on TV, like, wow, that guy – like, that pitcher's, that, that pitcher's really good or that was a really good defensive play. But, like, if, you, if you're watching on a broadcast, nothing looks very spectacular except a home run. Like, yeah. maybe a diving catch, but, like, the minutia of the game, like, no, that's yeah. how tennis is for me. And, like, like most of the – You've that, got guys serving, like, 130 miles per hour and, like – Oh, yeah, I'm sure courtside, it's nuts. It, like, but, 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 like, again, when you're watching it on TV, it's like, oh, that was a good serve. It looks mundane. Like, yeah, and, like, you know, it looks very – you know, you lose interest in it, basically. Yeah, even mean, though what they're doing is nuts. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, and yeah. the athleticism of some of those I, guys I couldn't and return. Is you just, could give me all day and I wouldn't return. No, not one. I'd make not contact, one. but, like, get it over the net where it's supposed to land. Like, not no, a, I don't know. Not, not a shot in hell. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for it. I just – I can't watch it. Can't get into it. No. Nah, not for you. me. I'm with you. Um, but we had a whole lot of shit that came out today uh, in the NBA. Yeah. Was today, like, the, the opening of free agency or something? Because there was just a slew of signings. I, I think. Or maybe it wasn't today, but it was Monday. I, I don't know. But, yeah, today, I mean, the amount of shit that went down today, I, I'm, I'm sure I've missed some things that, that have happened. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you probably missed Patty Mills is going back to the Nets. Did I, that went right yeah. in my head? I mean, you talk about a game changer right there. No, but the real Nets news, obviously, Kyrie opted into his contract, um, and so there was. I mean, that was a whole thing for like a day. That that it was like, oh, is Kyrie gonna leave in free agency? Is Kyrie gonna go somewhere else? Is he gonna blow up another team? Yeah. And then he came out and basically ha ha to everybody and re-signed with the Nets. Although it seems like he still wants the fuck out. Yeah. 
So he could. I mean, with that, hard to even predict what that guy is going to decide to do. Um, and we don't have to go on that whole diatribe. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything that comes out about him, I literally don't put any stock in. I mean, he it's, he could change his mind on a day to day basis. Yeah, and I, I've had buddies text me like, especially when it was looking like he might go to free agency, yeah. and he. Like the Mavs were kind of in the mix, and I've had I had friends text me like, "What do you think? Like, w- would you want Kyrie?" I'm like, Absolutely, the fuck not. I don't think Mark Cuban would would get near him either. I, I, don't, I, I would think, hope not. I think he's probably too involved uh, as an owner to like be blinded by the pure talent. Or I the, also or just the don't think value of him or whatever. Beyond that, Mark Cuban just refuses to sign big free agents. It just doesn't happen. No, he doesn't. Other he doesn't. than obviously Javale McGee. Um, yeah, huge. <laughs> that was announced today. That was that was a funny thing because uh, I was listening to, to some uh, analysis about it on Dallas Sports Talk Radio on the way here. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Javale McGee was looking for a uh, like a two year deal, mm-hmm. and so the Mavs gave him a three year, twenty million dollar contract with a player option. Yeah. So, <laughs> way to go, Mavs. That's what you do. I mean, he's a locker room guy. He's a it, very hilarious guy. I'm probably going to get his jersey. Um, because I've I've kind of leaned into the whole Mavericks bandwagon thing since moving here. Uh, I've I, you know Luca's arrival a little a little before I got here, and now you know they've turned into a, a good playoff team. McGee, I contend, is the greatest last name in the English language, and that was just, that's a good jersey to get. He's a hilarious guy too. Yeah, but uh, back to the back to the Nets because we have only just scratched the surface on that. Yeah. Today, out of nowhere, I mean, I guess not really out of nowhere, but um, KD requested a trade, and it, it was yeah, it was uh, obviously speculated, but the way it kind of broke was out of nowhere. Yeah, um, you yeah. you kind of expected once Kyrie announced he was coming back that maybe that would make KD decide that he wants to stick around. Mm-hmm. Not clearly the case. not yeah. not the case. I think they're both gone. Um, but I was playing around with the NBA trade machine once I saw that. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you think about this trade. So um, I've got a two-team trade here, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Tell me who says no here. Okay. The Sixers receive Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and the Nets receive uh, Harris, Joel Embiid, and Tybal. So you get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on the same team. Dude, imagine what that would look like. <laughs> They'd have a combined uh, 57 games played. <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie and Harden would make up 13 of those games. At least Durant likes playing basketball. <laughs> you know, like when he's healthy, he plays and he's good. Like, I, dude, I was, I was just sitting around playing with the trade machine, trying to figure out how you could get all three of them on the same team. Again. And yeah, it did, it did involve moving Embiid and uh, Tobias Harris. But uh, yeah, dude, I just I, I want to see that happen so bad. Somehow get see a get a three teamer and get Westbrook back in there, and <laughs> yeah. just the three amigos back together. Yeah. But um, yeah, just craziness going on now, and like it, it's only going to continue to get weirder as time goes on. And um, then, like you wonder how the Ben Simmons like fits into the whole the whole thing, like 
how the organization actually feels I, about him. I am just salivating at the thought of a Nets team that's just leaning on Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons moving forward. Like, what kind of for shit all, show that's going production. Be? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's going to have nobody. Or he's going to have, like, Joe Harris and no one else. Yeah. <laughs> just, he just had that. And I think, like, he just had that quote, like, earlier in the week where he's like, you know, he's feeling incredible, I think was the quote. It's like, I'd like to revisit that now and see how he's see how he's. Yeah, feeling. no, he. so that was a that was an Instagram uh, story that he posted, uh-huh. and it was literally like hours before KD announced he was seeking out a trade. Oh, it was like this morning or last <laughs> <Yeah>. night. <No. laughs> so maybe that's what did it. <laughs> maybe I, I legitimately wonder if like that was the the response to to hearing that that was going to happen. Durant was like taking a shit on his phone and was like, "Oh hell no, <laughs> that's it. I'm I'm doing it. I'm out of here." Or was it just Simmons being like, Called Joe "Oh, good, I get to be the guy now. <laughs> like, let's fucking go. This is my team." Yeah, because that, like, that was kind of his thing in Philly, right? Like, he didn't really want to be second banana. Like, even though he never really took charge, and and you know, I don't really think that's in his DNA. No, it's not. But I think that, <laughs> was, like, I think he's like kind of said in so many words, like that was part of the problem there was that he was the number two which he was he was the second best player on that team right uh, but he didn't not willing to concede that he didn't yeah. play and <laughs> like, he, you gotta he, fucking he, play and when he was on the court the last time <laughs> yeah. the last time we saw him on the court he was getting punked by trey, trey young, young at the rim scared to go up <laughs> yeah dude what are we doing uh, oh man that's i can't wait to see what transpires there you know, it's such a superstar league now, but some like what you're starting to see is like the superstars have so much power and like they just it, it's almost like they just don't fucking care anymore and they're just blowing up franchise after franchise. I wouldn't want to move that often. Like no. Like, I, I know for them it's easy. Yeah. But like still like literally you're relocate like you're on the road all the time anyway, but to like have your home be in a different place like every year or two. I I I guess it doesn't There's matter. There's just to some no people. sticking around anywhere anymore. No. And I mean I'm you can be a, for player empowerment and still not love everything. That yeah, comes out, I mean, I think know. it's pretty obvious that the way that the NBA is now is kind of shitty. Uh, yeah. I mean, just how all that works out. You've got just these huge sways of power, like, every year. And, you know, as a Mavs fan with Luka, he's, you know, he's 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 already re-signed for a lot of money. Um, you know, what I've been clamoring for and what every Mavs fan has been clamoring for is surround him with another star. But, fuck, if it, if it involves – what what I've seen with other teams, like I don't know if I want that. Yeah, <laughs> let these guys keep playing musical chairs, and you know, hopefully things will shake out to where we're good enough that we can just get it done. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, it, it just used to be not as common, and again, like a lot of good has come out of the player empowerment. But it's funny, like when we were learning growing up about like players a little before our time, you're like, "Whoa, Joe Montana played for the Chiefs late in his career." Yeah. You know, you're like, you learn all these things. Kids trying to track NBA careers oh, I, are going to be like, "Wait a minute, wait, Dad." Like, Kev, I thought Kevin Durant and it was in Oklahoma City. It's like, oh, he was. That's where he played for a long time. Uh, but then he won in Golden State. Like, yeah, that's right too. And like, wait, he was in Brooklyn for a minute. Like, it's just gonna be. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Durant. It's gonna be so hard to follow the history. I'm not gonna remember like everything. Yeah. It'll be like, oh shit, There's dude. No chance. Well, yeah, that's right. Westbrook was in Washington. <laughs> <For> <laughs> yeah, what, like, Bradley Beal. Yeah, it's it, it's wild. It's hard to track now. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, again, like it, it is players should have more power than ownership. But again, you don't have to as a fan, you don't have to love everything that's come out of that. Right. I think it's maybe a little like NIL where it will correct itself and slow down over time. At some point. It's it's really if guys right. actually are interested in winning titles. Now it's only think it's so. only ramped up as far as like dudes being able to opt out with four years left on yeah. their, or demand trades with four years left. Like you used to maybe get that with one year left. Right. A team would pick that up. Kevin Durant, right? Didn't he have four years? I, I believe so. Like that—that's would have it's never insane. had. Years. Yeah, it's. Like, it's you'd uh, think if you're one of the GM, like if you're a GM of one of these teams, you'd have to just be like, "No, yeah. I'm not trading you." Yeah, like get used to it. Stick around for a little bit. Do something here. Yeah. Don't get bounced in the first round and like we'll talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like uh, I think Kyrie went to Boston with a year left uh, on that deal in Cleveland, and then like Anthony Davis. Um, I, I don't know if it was when he actually no he he was a free, he became a free agent in New Orleans right when he went to L A. But I remember there was like a year left he on might his have contract, had, yeah. and he wanted out, and nobody would pick him up because he had a year left on the contract. Now, yeah. now it doesn't matter at all, dude. You right. can just be like, I want out, and they'll make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we did have a few guys that that signed uh, super maxes or at least maxes to stick around, which was a little refreshing to see. Um, Booker stayed with the Suns for four years, two hundred fourteen million. That is a nice, hefty payday. Um, yeah. Uh, B- you, knew, you knew they were going to not let him even right. consider slipping out. Uh, Bradley Beal re-signed with, with the Wizards, which was a little bit of a shock yeah. given all the publicity around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he signed today for five years, $251 million. NBA and, money is so crazy. And, and, yeah, sticking with that, Jokic, five years, $264 million, the biggest contract in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Euros tend to be more loyal, probably because it's their a lot of their first like experiences in America. Yeah, that might be it. I guess. I mean, or maybe it's coincidence. But like, I, I don't know. Um, other big news for Mavs fans: Jalen Brunson went to the Knicks. Uh, the Mavs did not get a, a, the ability to give him a contract offer. Or at least that's like what the like how it went in the media. That's fucking ridiculous they had all of the chances in the world to, yeah. to extend a contract to him to make him want to stick around but all the reports that i saw around that were that the knicks were going to offer him so much money that like the mavs were basically going like this this sucks we're, no, yeah. we're not going to give him that much he made himself some money the way he played this year and especially in the playoffs and you wondered whether it was going to be re-signing with the mavericks or elsewhere i think the mavs probably took inventory and just decided unfortunately he was going to be the one that had to go um, but, well, uh, yeah, that leaves a gaping hole in, in, in the, the backcourt. And I, I really don't know, like, what there is to go pursue. I mean, uh, it seems like it's it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to sign uh, Goran Dragic. Um, that is not a point guard. Um, no, and six years ago, maybe, you know, that would have been a solid Yeah, sign. I mean, he's still a solid player, but he also is often injured, and he's not what he used to be. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see what they've got. they got to have a secondary scorer. They've yeah. got to have somebody like Brunson did uh, late in this season who can, who can, like, produce a little bit of offense when Luke is not on the court. Right. You got to if you want to I mean, get to the conference finals again or get to the finals, and, you got to have that guy. And and I know I joked around a little bit about JaVale McGee, but like that was a signing that I mean, we needed to go get a big man that could defend. Uh got Christian Wood from the Rockets yeah. and um 
you know, he's a really good rebounder. He's a really good offensive player. Uh, he puts up like 20 and 9, something like that. He is an absolute liability on defense. Not a big effort guy. Um, but, like, you know, so going to get JaVale McGee, obviously he's not much of an offensive threat. Uh, he's kind of the same line as uh, – as, uh, Dwight Powell on an off, like from an offensive perspective where you lob it up to him and he dunks it, but mm-hmm. Dwight Powell is also a liability on defense and he just fucking sucks to be totally. He doesn't honest. rebound near as well as you. No, he, he can't rebound for you'd shit. You think he would? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how the Mavs end up, but um, the biggest news uh, and we we alluded to it was uh, obviously USC and UCLA coming out of the clouds to announce they are making a move to the Big Ten. That was one of the fastest-moving things that I, I, I have I have never seen anything develop so quickly before. It, I It has been speculated for a while, ever since Texas, because it was rumored for years Texas would join the SEC. A lot of people thought it would never happen. And when they in Oklahoma finally announced that it was happening, I think that was, like, laid the groundwork for our— like, But there was at least, like, a week or so of buildup to that. It was, like, talked about and, like, oh, is it going to happen? Oh, yeah, that it, wasn't it, nearly as It might quick. happen, and yeah. then it did And happen. then finally it did. Uh, this was all in one day. It was like, they're going to consider it. Oh, it, it happened. That was so it, fast, yeah. It's been announced. Um, <laughs> yeah, when it first came out, I mean, I saw a lot of uh, skepticism. And then, like, literally an hour later, it was like, this is being finalized. Mm-hmm. But I know people talked about, like, when Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC, it was like, all right, what's the, what's the next move going to be? Because it's going to be the Big Ten. The Big Ten, it's going to be those two conferences are going to become the super conferences. The other three are going to have to figure out their next move. And, um, like, Notre Dame was, you know, tossed around um, – I heard, you know, a lot of different possibilities, especially now that, like, region is out of the question. Right. Uh, But, yeah, from that happening this morning where I was like, oh, shit, imagine that. And then I look down and it's like, oh, well, that's happening. Like, that's actually, (laughs) that's going to happen. 2024. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. And and it obviously changes the college football landscape a lot. Um, I'm really interested to see how recruiting changes, how, how, like, everything shakes out. When you you start building up these super conferences, the way it's happening, um, it's pretty crazy. This has happened to Lincoln Riley twice in a year, <laughs> where his team has changed conferences yeah. uh, into a more competitive conference. Right? Are they gonna have a a a, a big nine a.m. game instead of the big noon? <laughs> yeah. Like, is that gonna be when like Michigan State goes out to UCLA? Is that gonna be a, the big nine game? Yeah. Or what are the like? How's this gonna work? And, and there's obviously, I mean, with all of these moves, there's there's college basketball implications too, and, and and like that's what matters the most when you think about UCLA. But obviously, college football being the cash cow, I mean, I don't know. I I, I think UCLA will be a good college football team. I I don't see them keeping up with USC any better than they did in the Pac-12. They've made a series of, of bad coaching hires, and they just don't like have the support they need. I think as a school. Uh, they do have the resources if they decided to prioritize football, but like they're just—I think it's pretty clear they don't. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. So I—I'll be really interested to see what the domino effect is because I do think that conferences like the ACC and the Big Twelve, like some of these conferences, are kind of put—they've got their back against the wall. 
you know, they're trying to hold on to the Florida States, the Clemsons, um, you know, some of those schools. And they're either going to have to go get some some teams that you wouldn't think of, like Notre, Notre Dame, Dame. A Notre um, Dame or something like that. Although you would kind of peg Notre Dame. I mean, I know that they played in the ACC during the COVID year, but they you kind of pin them more as a Big, Big Ten, Ten school. Team. They recruit Ohio, Michigan area, Midwestern right. kids. Uh, they're academically very good. Um, which, I mean, the, the Big Ten is probably a little better on that front than the ACC. That, somebody, I think it was on Andy Staples, had like a mailbag question that was like, uh, doesn't the Big Ten have like academic requirements for their members? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and those two schools meet it. Like, yeah, uh, USC definitely. UCLA, I, I think they're good. Yeah, like, they'll be, yeah. That was also, that's a part of it too. And like, because these, it is a football move, but like these are uh, – institutions edu- educational right. institutions you somehow increase the academic value in, in the big 10 which is nuts to even think of mm-hmm. with with the the crazy amount of like really good a- academic yeah. schools already there mm-hmm. um obviously the sec got a little bit of a bump having texas added i think ou is kind of middle of the pack when it comes to academics i don't think they're anything crazy good but yeah not not a bad school by any means who gives they, a fuck yeah. about academics anyway that's not right. what we're talking they about. they have deep pockets yeah in their area so yeah so i i will be well it's so interested to see what happens with the acc in particular <laughs> who is like oregon i think pe- like might yeah people might go after to try to pad their conference a bit because yeah because washington i don't think is pr- good enough no. or has the support um I don't, like Arizona, Arizona State. No, uh, it'd be Oregon would probably be. That's the, the only other. team left that really moves the needle for mm-hmm. anybody. So does the Big Twelve try to get Oregon to salvage themselves? Mm-hmm. Like maybe. I mean, I, I think that would make sense. But I mean, yeah. What's what's l- going to be left in the Big Twelve is is kind of Stanford and Cal don't have their they don't have the support or the they they have the money and the academics, but their football program's not there it's yeah. not worth yeah so anything. i mean it's all speculative at this point um but like i i will just be so interested to see how all of this like shakes out because there is going to be a point where it's finally like all right they're where everyone's where they're going to be and this is how it's going to be moving forward um i i don't think that'll happen within the next three to five years mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's going to be really interesting to track and I'm, I'm really excited to see what it looks like in the end I do think that we've watered down the product a little bit just from the standpoint of you know having multiple conferences with big games going on it's all going to be kind of focused on two conferences now mm-hmm. at least for the immediate future um, but yeah I don't really care yeah. give, me, give me good football and give me a lot of it Seeing like USC uh, in Lansing on like a noon kickoff game with a gray sky is going to be hilarious. <laughs> Just like uh, some of these matchups are going to be so funny. Uh, but yeah, I, and I wonder how quickly these other moves are going to happen too. Because you know people are scrambling now. Like all these athletic departments are trying to decide what the what the best move is going to be uh, financially and otherwise. Um, but it's crazy, man. It's actually happening. Like, we've been talking about super conferences for a while yeah. now. And, like, it's actually starting to happen. Now. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much covers our sports segment today. Let's get on to some wacky news. Um, Wonderful. The, the first headline that I came across, uh, this was from Monday. Um, there is a mayor in Australia um, who had 
had a meeting with um, families of drunk driving victims. Yeah. Um, apparently, once that meeting concluded, she went on to have a few glasses of wine out somewhere and then drunkenly crashed her car into a tree. Mm-hmm. Frowned upon. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that she was listening much in that, in that meeting with those families. No, and I'd, I'd learned in this article that Australia has one of the world's highest rates of uh, drunk driving accidents, and, like, she really leaned into the, the stereotype there. I made a mistake. I will learn from that mistake, and I will continue to serve my community as I have for the last 18 years. I don't know how much that's really in your hands at this point. 30% of road fatalities are because of alcohol consumption in Australia. Holy shit. Um, I mean, what is how, how does that compare to America? Oh, uh, exactly the same, actually. 30, oh, exactly 31%. the same. Way to go, America. We do a lot of things really well. Drunk driving and crashing and dying Dude, is, so is one of those things. Uh, that is, like, you, you, can't even write, you can't even write that. It's, like, so on the nose, uh, ironic. <laughs> Why you got to have the self awareness if you're this lady who who it appears that she might have a problem, um, <laughs> maybe don't go meet with these people. Like if you know you're not going to be able to not drink, and like maybe don't meet with a group of people whose relatives died because of drunk driving. Self awareness, man. Yeah. Shortly before the accident, she had declared, "We need to clean up the drunk driving." She had called for tougher youth sentencing campaigning with the families of a couple who was killed alongside their unborn child by an intoxicated teenager in January 2021. And Thursday afternoon, she hosted a video meeting with the families of, of uh, good Lord, my page is jumping all over the place. She hosted a video meeting with the families of drunk driving victims. One of the participants um, was Judy Lindsay, whose daughter Haley was killed by a drunk driver 10 years ago. Um, you know, when we're talking about the octopuses, the female octopus kills themselves to protect the younger generation. Maybe that's what it was. This lady was so adamant about setting an example on how drunk driving is dangerous. She she got drunk and crashed her car. I mean, yeah, just <laughs> like if you're gonna do it, at least like wait a week or so, right? Yeah. <laughs> that same night, lady. <laughs> right. Come on. Um. Moving on to our next article. Ripped uh, into a bottle of Pinot. Just couldn't help herself. Yeah, the, no, she didn't even say, like, I, I had two or three glasses of wine and, you know, I made, I made a bad decision. She she, had, she said she had yeah, several. She had a few. <laughs> she didn't give a number. She's, I had several glasses of wine. Uh, but moving on to our next article. So we have um, a group of hikers from Texas that uh, decided to get away from the heat that we've been experiencing over the last few weeks. And, and it, it has, has been hot. Yeah. It has been unbearable um they decided to make a trip out to colorado and um you know go go experience some cooler weather um apparently they had forgotten though that uh you have to wear different items uh when you when you go to colder weather Mm -hmm. because they are a mile above sea level believe it or not gets chilly at night it does a little cold up there it does so um they went out to, to Colorado. Uh, they went to Lake Como, and um, they're on uh, an 8.3-mile out-and-back trail. And um, it was about 210 miles south of, of Denver. They, uh, you know, after some time, they started experiencing hypothermia. So authorities basically respond. They've set up camp. They're in, they're in a tent. 
that has no sort of rain protection. It's been raining and it's in the low 60s. Mm-hmm. And they, they come upon them and they're experiencing hypothermia. They're shaking uncontrollably. They're vomiting. They've got bad headaches because they're very dumb, uh, <laughs> very dumb yeah. and dehydrated. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the quote here. Um, it, was, it was pretty unbelievable. Oh, uh, here we go. These hikers said they did not understand why it was so cold and rainy in Colorado because it had been so hot in Texas where they hike all the time. They never checked any weather forecasts. Um, I feel like that's the first thing I do before I go anywhere that I'm not in all the time. I don't care if I'm going 20 minutes outside of town. I'm checking the forecast just to make sure. Yeah, we're not the not the brightest bunch out here, uh, but I, I get. <laughs> I guess that's how hot it's been. It's it like we these people couldn't even fathom that it's cold elsewhere in the world because it's so hot here right now. Uh, <laughs> And Colorado's not that far away, but again, like you gotta know, you know, like you you gotta know it's cold. Going to the up fucking there. mountains, dude. You're, yeah, you are at the highest elevation in the country, and like, <laughs> and like maybe it's gonna get a little chilly. I mean, I've been guilty. We were talking about it before the pod. Like, I've been guilty of forgetting to pack like a hoodie or sweatshirt on. Yeah, I mean, a we've trip all, where it might get cold at night. We've all done that for sure. You you think it's going to be a little warmer than it actually ends up being, and you're like, damn, I should have brought a should have brought a jacket. Those or, are typically trips where you're staying indoors, like in a hotel or something. Right. Not outside <laughs> in a not, tent. You're not hiking <laughs> a nine mile trail in a in a wife beater. <laughs> I just I, I wish there was like some sort of like body cam footage or something of them coming upon these people just shivering to death in their tent. Yeah. And this these people being like what I what the you, I fuck did you, you think to, was yeah. going to happen? Uh, yeah, I would have loved to hear the back and forth there on like God damn it, I told you we needed a fucking rain jacket or like a pullover. Like <laughs> No, you you said not to. You said we'd be fine. And then uh, was, it was hot when we left. I'm glad they made it out alive, but that uh, that's tough, man. Don't have much of an excuse there. I don't think it released the names of these people, and you know that's a blessing to them because I I think everybody, including myself, would probably be in their mentions, being like, what the like, what the hell are you doing? Um, you know, we're from one state where people uh, tend to embarrass themselves on a national level. And now we're in another one, brother. <laughs> yeah, the rescuers said this is an example of how ignorance can kill people. And then <laughs> included a list at the bottom in case any other dumbs are reading this. And said the, <laughs> the American Hiking Society recommended hikers carry the following things on their trip. Appropriate footwear, a map, water. It's just like very obvious things you should take on a trip. Good oh, Lord. dude, that's awesome. Well, um... No news dump would be uh, would be complete without a Florida man, except it's not a Florida man this time. It's an Oklahoma man. With a great name, too, by the oh, way. Oh, I, I didn't even it. see his name. Oh, I'm pulling it up now. I can't. Um, no, you have got to be kidding me. Read his name. Wolf October Berry. You're goddamn right. That's his name. <laughs> what? Wolf Berry. <laughs> October <laughs> middle name. <laughs> W O Barry, what's that for? Wolf October. So if you're wondering what a uh, 23 year old Oklahoma man. <laughs> yeah, if you're wondering what old Wolf Barry did, um, so he he was fleeing police. Uh, he was all right. So he led the police on a pursuit uh, that that lasted hours. 
he got away in his vehicle and then escaped on foot. Um, so let's see. They uh, they were pulling him over for not wearing a seatbelt, and he was like, "You're not taking me alive." Yeah, that's like a that's like a, a fine and a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe there was an outstanding warrant or something. Yeah, maybe. But where they found him is the real news story. So they, uh, you know, they're tracking him on foot. I imagine there might have been police dogs involved at this point after mm-hmm. hours of, of searching for him. They found him in a cow pasture where he was hiding in cow manure for I, hours. I do see now he had he had burgled a couple of properties with a nine millimeter. And that was in his car, too. So he was facing a little more than than no seatbelt, but uh, alas, continue. Um, I don't really know where to go from there. He He was hiding in cow shit. He hid in a big pile of cow shit. All right, so anybody that's ever been out to a pasture where where cows are, in order to find enough cow shit to actually hide in, that's a lot of collecting and, and like, piling up. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is an outstanding feat. To be honest, I mean, cow patties—they're not small, but they're also—I mean, they're—we're probably looking at maybe 14 to 16 inches Dinner plate in, in size. Yeah, yeah, just about. So to find enough cow shit to, to pull together to hide in, I think I—I I have to imagine there was already a, a pile for f- fertilization or cleanup, like for something. Like you maybe. could, you could—I don't know how he could have scrambled. And built like a, a shit man, like a, <laughs> just a, a snowman of cow shit, and like hid inside of it. I think it already had to be collect, like a mound of it somewhere, and he just was like, "This is my only option." Just like dove into it. <laughs> and those of you that are asking, like, why cow shit? Like, surely there's something you can hide behind. Well, you clearly haven't been through Oklahoma because yeah, there's there, nothing. There are eleven trees in the state of Oklahoma <laughs> and zero hills. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think it's it's flat nothing. So I mean, I think he was, probably made do with. Option, yeah. I think he made do with what he had. Um, but you want to talk about like wishing there was body cam footage that we could find? I just want to see these guys come upon this man just covered in cow shit. It's like the tip of a shoe sticking out of a shit pile. And, and on one hand, if you're one of those responding officers, like, you've, you've got to kind of chuckle at it because that's objectively funny. But then you're I'd like, hate to be the arresting officer. But though. then you're yeah. like, oh, but you're covered in cow shit, and i got to put you in the back of this. I probably called, uh, like, a, a truck to come get and just, like, throw him in the back. Just of the throw him in the bed. <laughs> in the bed, yeah. <laughs> Chain him up to the, to, to the bed. He lo- his mugshot... One, looks like his name would be Wolf, and two, like, this is not the first time he's hidden in cow shit. No, he probably does it recreationally. This is go-to, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's an, he's a, an unfortunate-looking man. Um, I don't know if you're noticing this, but, like, I'm not, I'm not high, but, like, one of his ears is, like, two inches higher than the other. He's got Chad Kelly face. <laughs> his face is on a slope. <laughs> More, more of a slope than the entire state of Oklahoma has, he's, for sure. Yeah, dude, he's hearing things at two different elevations. Oh man! So yeah, he's uh, he's, he's behind bars with a with a bond set at twenty five thousand um, dollars. I doubt that that's going to be posted. So hopefully, they got him a shower and a change of clothes, a nice orange jumper. Yeah. Um, but man, I don't know how you ever lived that one down. Uh, yeah, we, I don't know. I don't we'll even know if you can get hired at McDonald's. We'll see what his father, Grizzly Novemberberry, has, <laughs> has to say about this one. See if he's gonna help old Junior out. This fella, yeah, he uh, 
I hate to say it, man. You're probably just destined for a life of crime like, if you're this guy. But, hey, he's he's not from Texas, and he's not from Alabama. So that's a win today. As and, far, and, hell, as far as we shout, know. shouts out to any of our friends from Florida. He's not a Florida man. Yeah, that's uh, amazingly. <laughs> yeah. He's a Flor- – he's a he, he presents as a Florida man. He's Florida oh. man presenting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by proxy. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, that concludes our – our news segment. Um, we typically have a few more stories, but today was was mostly going to be sports related, given all the craziness that happened today. But this is going to be a lean one. We've been getting a little long winded. So yeah, what, what are we at right now? Forty five. Forty five minutes. We're gonna Look get. Us. We're gonna make it short and sweet for y'all. But we do have to get into it today. I fucked up, and um, I actually found a really good one. It's not. It's not your typical, from the standpoint of it's not raunchy. Um, it's really not even that much of a fuck up. But I simply wanted to read this one because I think this guy needs to write novels. Oh, yeah. Very well written. He's a very well written man. And um, Wordsmith. It, 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 was just, it, it was just a hilarious story to read just because his descriptions of everything is fantastic. Um, so let's just jump into it. Uh, today I fucked up by trusting my work schedule after accepting a 10-hour shift. I think we've all been there where we uh, we bit off a little more than we could chew. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's check it out. This actually happened 30 minutes ago, hour and a half now that I've typed it out. He he spent a good hour typing this up, and it is it is a little lengthy, but you know, like you said, we're only 45 minutes in, so we're doing all right. Um, I work at a gym, and despite my free membership, I'm still pudgy, pasty, and in a and. An abhorrent distance runner. I'm also a big dude. I have a slightly above average height, but my shoulders could be considered a a death-defying stunt jump to get across. Picture a white Ray Lewis and you've pretty much got it. At this gym, I am one of three people who are dedicated desk attendants and six employees in total. Scheduling is a bit tight on a good week, but when the only person who is on salary and works an average of 55-plus hours a week takes a much-needed vacation, it becomes a team effort to make sure someone is at the desk at all times. I'm sorry. I like how he started off very self-deprecating, like he's a slob, he just, and then said, I'm a white Ray Lewis. Yeah, that doesn't add up. <laughs> Ray Lewis like maybe not as ripped as some linebackers, but I'd say you're doing all right if you look like Ray Lewis. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, like, absolutely owned himself and then was like, but I look like an NFL linebacker. Yeah, but think of a white Jadavian Clowney. That's how, like, <laughs> all right, dude. I look kind of like Brock Nelson. Uh, I'm, yeah, people say I'm, like, I'm, I'm white Howard. I'm like, I'm <laughs> My boss is without question the best boss I've ever had. I've had some decent ones before, but this man goes above and beyond every day. For that reason, I didn't mind working around his vacation for my own extended weekend with my siblings who live across the country. In order to have a four-day weekend, I begged, borrowed, and stole, not really, to make everything work out. I finagled the schedule like a damn wizard and ended up with a 10-hour closing shift today. No big deal. I've done open-to-close shifts before, so if it meant getting my weekend and my siblings, I'd deal with it. Well, my ADHD-riddled ass completely forgot that I messed around with the schedule. At 10.03 a.m., I got a text from the coworker whose shift I traded for today asking where I am. Mind you, my wife was away, I was naked as the day I was born, and getting ready for some self-care. So I had exactly 27 minutes to make my nasty self-presentable and hoof it the mile to work since I shared a vehicle with my wife. Y'all, 
Oh, God. Like I said, I'm not a distance runner, but I am disturbingly fast for a dude that needs somebody to carry a wide load sign ahead of him at all times. So out the door I went, gym attire with our logo, backpack, and a gallon of water in my hand. I hauled ass like a cracked out Flash meets He-Man holding my monstrosity of a water jug out front like I was presenting a spectacular jar of dirt. Is this man not familiar with uh, Uber or ride-sharing services? I suppose not. Maybe he's in a tight spot. I get it. My geriatric neighbors watched with their jaws on their immaculate lawns as 270 pounds of white meat and anxiety left a dust trail on the blacktop. Late commuters jammed up, on, jammed up on the major highway, watched in awe as all the junk in my trunk thunderclapped past them at Mach 3. I made it to work with a collapsed lung, shell-shocked man tits, and a minute to spare. I proceeded to check in 26 kids and their chaperones with hand signals while Niagara Falls poured from every sweat gland in my body. Wife has since brought me a fresh t-shirt and some electrolytes so I may leave, live through my fuck up yet. I feel like not Slim Shady without spaghetti, but I made it in time for the event. <laughs> As for the actual shift that started at 10, shit happens, right? Anyways, thanks for reading if you did. Uh, TLDR, forgot I swapped shifts with a coworker and had to haul ass to work with nothing but two, two legs and a dream carrying a whole lot of man and big ass jug of water. We have an edit too. Holy shit, I didn't expect so many people to see this, let alone like it. Thank you all for the internet points and kind comments. I know it wasn't the most earth-shattering fuck-up, but I just wanted to share it with you. Now, if y'all excuse me, my wife, who says hi, and I have some recreational aerobics to complete, and evidently a writing career to start. I will, I will remember you all when I'm an alcoholic. Stay legendary and remember to self-care. Yeah, he uh, cleverly alluded to masturbation and sex in there. This guy's in the wrong career. He is, he is quite a scribe. Um, I don't know what he's doing working out of gym. He already looks like Ray Lewis. I think you can take it easy, buddy. And just... Ray Lewis with big old man tits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I just got to give him props, like, because if I was in that situation, now granted he does really like his boss and he seems to like where he works, but I find out I'm three minutes late to a shift and I don't have a vehicle and apparently Uber doesn't exist in my town. I'm sorry, but I'm taking the day off. The gym's closed. That's fair. There's nothing, especially, I get it, you got to pay the bills. And if you're, you know, you're currently working at a gym, that's your job. You got to show up and get paid. You're right, dude. I'm not running a mile <laughs> to any job, Mm-mm. anything. Um, I'll deal with the repercussions. I will say, work, like, it's a terrible feeling when you realize you're late to something or are going to be late, especially a work-related thing. I've done that with meetings before I didn't realize or, like, in person. Uh, Not a good feeling. That is – that, like, 30 seconds of anxiety is rough. And I've – I should say the first 30 seconds. It's definitely more than that. But that initial, like, oh, no, like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's that's tough. And I've certainly had a similar circumstance a time or two before where you are absolutely busting ass to the point where you are pouring sweat by the time you get to your your location. I've had to do it for tests in college. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to do it on the job. Thankfully, nowadays, most meetings, there's also, like, a Zoom link or something like that where you can – at least pull it up on your phone for the time being until you get there and, yeah. you know, say your sorries. Yeah. But um, that wasn't always a thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, those are mortifying times when, when you realize not only am I running late, I should be there right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a fifteen minute drive, and I need to be there in three minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, that's a terrible feeling, especially if like you have to shower. <laughs> like if you're someone like oh no, that that sucks. Um, but if this guy looks like Ray Lewis and writes like Wright Thompson, why is he working at a gym, dude? What's wrong with yeah, this guy? Yeah, this guy needs a career shift asap. Oh, yeah, what's going on with this cat? Um, I, I kind of want to follow him just to see what other crazy stories we get in the future and also just to hear him, like, refer to sex and masturbation in different ways mm-hmm. because he's very creative even with those. Mm-hmm. People probably – that probably – the self-care thing definitely went over people's head for sure. He's like, wife's not home. I'm naked. I'm just doing some self-care. Like, oh, he's what, – What did he – He's brushing his teeth. What did he call sex with his wife? Recreational aerobics. That's a new one. I, I've not heard that one. Yeah, I – I feel like most aerobics are recreational. <laughs> I'm typically not forced to do not aerobic exercise. Yeah. Acrobat or, or what? It's not an acrobat. That's acrobatics. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a professional aerobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm typically not forced into I'm it. I'm a Christian. I'm not like, an aerobe. Yeah. Hey, man, will you, oh, you respond to my that email? That was the dumbest thing I've ever said. An aerobe. Arab, Arab, is, Arab is not a religion. <laughs> yeah, my wife, she's an Arab. She teaches classes up at the YMCA. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, it's never <laughs> uh, recreational aerobics as opposed to your boss being like, hey, man, will you uh, respond to my email and then we uh, do 50 push-ups real quick for me? <laughs> like do jumping jacks for two minutes straight and then respond to my email. But uh, Yeah, I'll be giving that guy. I need to get that guy's uh, username. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, he, he – oh, wow. I just recognized uh, his username. It's uh, Teabags McGee. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Yeah, dude. What is it? We need to help this guy out. Yeah, we need to get him a job is what we need to do. Um, get a little nice signing bonus. Uh, I just want to hear him on the phones. But, just, yeah, um, I'd like to just correspond with him via email and nothing else. But uh, that's all we got today. Uh, we kept it. I guess relatively short and sweet, given what we've been doing lately. Succinct. But um, we also got considerably less drunk today than we typically do while recording. Um, I've only had part of one glass of whiskey. It's typically two, two and a half, sometimes three. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that probably contributed to the the brevity of this podcast. But um, thanks again to all our listeners. We really appreciate all of you. Um, I did find out we have... At least one person shout out shout out Tyler. I know you'll be listening. Um, we have at least one person who's listening regularly. Oh, that's good. So that's got to cool. start somewhere. Yeah, he, he texts me. He texts me. He's like, I just listened to the latest episode, and I was like, Fuck yeah, man, you're awesome. <laughs> nice. So if there's anyone else out there that's regularly listening, or hell, even if you're not, and you just happen to listen to this episode, let me know. It puts a smile on our face. But. Uh, That's all we got today. We'll be back with you all next week. We will hopefully have this posted as soon as tomorrow. But uh, everyone enjoy your July 4th weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Don't drink and drive. Unless you want to.